My name is Senator Rex Patrick and you're listening to me on Above and Beyond. Mike Myers with another episode of Above and Beyond, brought to you by the Reengineering Australia Foundation, where we strive to engage, inspire and educate students, teachers and industry about the career pathway options in the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics. We're driving to create the next generation of innovators who will build Australia's economic future. But to achieve this goal, it's essential that students engage with industry as much as possible before leaving school both as a method of building their career knowledge and to simplify the transition to the world of work. A transition which should be driven by the passions and skills of the students rather than being a somewhat random and last-minute decision process. Our guest today has a career that could be described as spanning from submarine to senator. I'm keen to explore with Senator Patrick, firstly, some of the differences and similarities in being being a submariner and a senator, and secondly, what are the influences in his life that helped him believe that no one said he couldn't? Senator Patrick's been a senator for South Australia since November 2017. He was born in New Zealand, but I won't hold that against him, and moved to South Australia where he attended school in Wyala, joining the Royal Australian Navy in 1983. He trained as an electronic technician and volunteered for submarine service. He served on several Oberon-class submarines before being selected and posted as a member of the trials crew for the first Collins-class submarine in Osborne in Adelaide. Between 1995 and 2008, he worked for Sonatech Atlas as a project manager. The company was focused on the design and development of sonar systems. In 2008, Senator Patrick started a company called Acoustic Force, which provided training in sonar and acoustics to domestic and international customers. Before entering Parliament, Senator Patrick had been a staffer for Liberal Senator David Johnson when he was Shadow Defence Minister. At the time, he exposed the very high annual costs for the Collins sustainment and very low availability rates helping to place pressure on defence to rectify the issues with the submarines. Somewhere along the name, he was given the nickname of Inspector Rex, owing to his investigative skills, which I've seen quite often in Senate estimates hearings. I'm keen to look forward to hearing about his unique career journey and his perspective on the career pathway options that exist linked to defence industries that students may have never considered or never heard of until now. Welcome, Senator Patrick. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you on, on board. I might just say something about the Kiwi reference. Um, okay. uh, I, I did move to Australia when I was seven, and, of course, there was a requirement for me to renounce my citizenship before I became a senator. But more importantly, prior to that point in time, I, I, I realised that, that I was very comfortable supporting the Wallabies. So in actual fact, I am in no way a Kiwi at all. Now, it appears from your career, if I can start that, and this is my perception of how I've seen you perform, if that's the right word, your career's built about a desire to make things right. Is that a reasonable assessment of where you're coming from? 
Yeah, that's what I try and do uh, every day. I try and make things better. Now, I won't uh, say that I strive for perfect. I often advocate perfect, but I recognise that trying to get there can consume a great amount of time. So my principle, particularly as a senator, um, is to every day just make lots of things a bit better. Of course, in engineering, sometimes you have to be perfect. You might spend all of your time on one task trying to get there. Um, I don't have the time to do that. Perfect is the enemy of the good in my job. Given that you are a New Zealander, it's a tough place for uh, rugby players, one might say, but even growing up in Wyala is a a tough environment. I've travelled there a few times, and my impression is that they take no prisoner kinds of environments. So have these different experiences influenced your desire to push through and get things done? Yes, that's right. Wyala is a steel town, and uh, they're they're always uh, pretty tough. Look, tough environments have taught me to work hard. I've learnt throughout my life that there are barriers in everything that you try to do, whether it's a technical barrier, whether it's a physical barrier of some sort, whether it's a political barrier. And what I've learnt over time is that you approach things with a strategy and persistence, but also with agility to be able to deal with things uh, as changes occur. We look at your experience in the Navy, and what are the highlights in that process of being a submariner? Because I think it's a very special role that you play in the Navy. How have they influenced your perspective on life? Can I just say, uh, you mentioned at the start, uh, submariner to senator. I think my first job in the Navy was in scullery. Perhaps it's better to say scullery to senator. I started off washing dishes and scrubbing floors in the wardroom of HMAS Lewin. I remember doing 6am starts standing on the parade ground of HMAS Lewin with white shorts, a white singlet, white shoes and doing all sorts of physical activity. Throughout my career, I've done so many different things and all of them have been pretty tough and I wouldn't change anything really if I, if I were to go back through even the stuff that was difficult or un, yeah, or stuff that I didn't enjoy they help shape you every challenge makes you better yeah, yeah the navy is a fantastic environment uh, you're learning uh, a steel town is a, is a fantastic environment learning uh, as well all of those things contribute along the way and that's you know if there's a message in in you know, my, my entire uh, pathway to becoming a senator, that is collect things along the way that are useful for the rest of your life. When you say that, it makes me think about uh, growing up as a child, and I don't think that you're too far of a generation different from me, but the process of climbing trees and falling out of trees and, and you know, going along the riverbed and hunting for things really has a huge impact on stuff. And I, I sometimes see the kids these days and I see my daughter playing on computer all the time. They sometimes miss out on that hard work uh, ethic that might that, that comes from washing the floors and sweeping things. Yeah, look, I find iPads are useful for my children in, when, when I'm on a long journey in the back of a car. But, yeah, I like to get my kids out and I like to challenge them, get them to climb trees and do all of that sort of stuff. I think it's really important to do things that are, are challenging and also with a little bit of danger, not too much but a little bit manageable. I think coming from what I hear you saying there too is also that you do what you're told. You learn an awful lot from doing what you're told. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, correct. But uh, by the time you get to my my job as a senator, particularly as an independent senator, I've also learned how to make uh, trouble 
but it's uh, what I call public interest trouble. It's about stirring the pot to get a better outcome. So I think that's allowable too. But, uh, but, but you get that privilege a little bit later in life. So what's it like to be a submariner? It's always a question that students ask um, because we have subs in schools and we get lots of kids involved with that. I think uh, there's few people that they can talk to where they can get some experience of what it is really like. Well, a submarine is a unique environment. You, know, you you go to sea, so that puts you alone to start with, with a with a group of people, uh, and then you dive the submarine, and you really are alone. And it's a little ecosystem where everyone is dependent on the the other members of the crew. And when I say dependent, that's uh, not just about making sure that you know things are clean and they they've got food uh, and that you can perform your your function, but it's also about safety on a submarine. Any one crew member can make a mistake that could kill it. That could kill everyone. It's a, it can be a dangerous environment. So it's a fantastic job as long as you don't rely on being able to look at Facebook every day or receiving communications on a regular basis. It is a, you know, just a, a fantastic and worthy job, and it's always very interesting. One of the great things about a submarine is the that teamwork. Everyone's sort of a cog in a in a clock that makes the the clock tell time properly and work for a long period of time. It's a really really interesting environment, and because you know you have to get on with each other and you can't escape. There's nowhere to go. You've got to just learn how to work with everyone uh, and m- make sure you're you're pitching in. You're a specialist in sonar from what I can gather, and, and I would have thought that being underwater or listening underwater really is a key strategic advantage for a submarine. And to some extent, it's probably the strategic advantage or trade secret that a nation has. Where does Australia fit in that process of being technologically superior in that area? We seem to do well in, in the war games that I hear about. Yeah, look, we've got a lot of equipment on our submarines that come from uh, very advanced nations, but we also have equipment on our submarine that is very special, often very secret, that is built by Australian industry. Uh, that's a key point, and, and in fact, that's uh, a way in which people working in the STEM environment can contribute to the effectiveness of our submarine capability, which offers uh, Australia a, a very strong deterrence and lots and lots of useful functions, both in peacetime and uh, if we ever uh, got into conflict. We, so we have a mix of, of, of equipment. Uh, often the very special stuff that we have comes from little skunk works all around Australia. And by skunk works, you're talking about small groups of um, innovative people creating ideas. That's correct. It's a, it's a term that's uh, probably probably comes from the '60s uh, about uh, you know, groups of, of engineers where you, you put them in a room, you give them a task, you occasionally throw food in, and a year <laughs> or so later, out pops some ingenious piece of technology that gives advantage uh, to a submariner or to other members of or other other elements of our defence force. Changing to your current career. What's it like to be a senator? What's the day-to-day job of a senator look and sound like? Well, well, that's a really hard thing to describe. It's such an eclectic job. Already today, I've dealt with university policy, talking to university in Australia about interaction with international players. I've, I've generated a report for for a, a bill that's before the parliament called Job Maker, and you know, that that's just been sent off 
just prior to doing uh, this particular podcast. I'm, of course, now doing a podcast. I will then move on to do six or seven other things today. And tomorrow it will be different again. Then you know, next week when I'm in Parliament, whilst there is a routine uh, about Parliament, it's such a dynamic environment that you know, no one ever wakes up if you're a politician thinking, I know what I'm going to be doing today. You might have a rough idea, but generally at the end of the day, you look back and go, well, I didn't think that was going to happen. Must give you a completely different perspective on life and how the world operates. Yeah, it, it does. You know, a, a lot of people, you know, particularly the, the, the people listening to the students that might embark upon a career, they may spend a lot of, you know, a, a year or two working on a project and doing not much else other than uh, that particular project. That's not the case for a senator, where you are all the time, you know, dealing with the next with the next problem that comes up. And I might say, uh, this is where my submarine experience ties in well. On a submarine, we yeah, you have a great team around you of people of all sorts of different skills uh, and backgrounds. And that's what makes the submarine work. And indeed, that's what makes a senator's office work. I've got uh, deliberately people who are young, people who are old, older. I've got females. I've got males. I've got uh, people who are on the left side of politics. I've got people on the right side of politics. And all of that uh, sort of healthy mixture uh, enables me to come to good decisions uh, in any of those sort of eclectic topics that I might be uh, uh, working on at any particular time. It must be an amazing exercise to be able to influence the direction of the country in, to some extent that you've got across the bear, and then, but, but then it can be really exciting. There are times when the decision as to whether to, to pass a law or not rests solely with me and that just ends up with uh, you know because we've got such a very tight senate in terms of uh, uh, the, the government doesn't have control of it yeah, there, there are definitely times when the whole of the the political audience are looking at me saying what is rex going to do when he, when he makes his decision and the interesting thing is i'm helped in those circumstances by my background certainly by my engineering background where uh in engineering, you're taught to work through things very methodically. You're taught to te- you're, you're taught to test every part of uh, a problem to try and come up with the best answers. Uh, through my project management skills, I've learnt sometimes you uh, don't have to make a decision. You can wait for more information. Other times, you have to make a decision immediately, and there is no time to get more information. And, and just being able to some, sometimes recognise uh, what sort of decision you're making can be very helpful, being able to say, look, I don't have to make this decision right now. I'm going to go and get some more information. Or, uh, uh, as I said, uh, knowing that it's now and you've got to make a decision on the best uh, uh, information that you have at that moment. I think you touched on something that's a, something of importance to me, but... When I talk to students, I, I talk about how they should maybe consider engineering and project management as foundation degrees because they really run through everything that we do in life. And, that, and what you learn about solving problems is useful in every, no matter what profession you end up going into. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I'm actually one of the few people in the parliament that has uh, an engineering background. 
and I'm not suggesting by any stretch of the imagination that everyone will become a senator uh, if, the, if they have an engineering background, but you'll, you'll see people progress through the engineering world or the scientific world where they choose a particular discipline. Let's say it's electronics, which is my, you know, a specialty area that I uh, was involved in. Then they may branch sideways and do software engineering. Then they might do algorithm development uh, and they might grow themselves to have a very, very broad uh, and capable understanding across a whole range of different fields, or they might switch sidewards to, to management or to project management. There are huge opportunities for engineers and, and people who are doing science to, to expand. And also, in, in circumstances, they may end up uh, managing a company. They may end up as a senator where I definitely draw on my experiences in the technical world, the way in which engineers and scientists are taught to think and solve problems is invaluable for the job that I do. And that's why sometimes I come up with very different answers to people who just look at things from a political perspective. And I think the sorts of decisions I uh, get to make, sometimes devoid of politics, are better for the country. And that occurs because of my STEM background. You're touching on changing careers. And some people talk about, you know, we'll have many careers in our life cycle and I tend to think maybe we need to be very good at something which may lead us down different pathways but if we're an engineer we'll always be an engineer if that's the term and so changing careers is really somewhat can be a stressful environment having to move and you've gone from navy to a commercial environment and into a political uh, arena and all of those transitions would be quite complex is there any advice or further advice that you give students about choosing a career and how they should prepare themselves for a situation that may very well shift during their lifetime. The first thing I'd say about my career is when I was in that scullery cleaning cleaning dishes, drying dishes, at no stage did I ever think I'm going to be a senator one day. And so you need to be mindful as you take off down a particular pathway that there will be changes that, and that's just a normal part of life. But that's a good thing. You know, every different job that you do, even though it involves a transition, is about putting things in your backpack that, uh, you know, you learn things and you stow them. And then later on in life, when you're perhaps in a more senior role, you can draw on each of the experiences in, in the different jobs that you, you have uh, performed throughout your career. The advice I'd give anyone about selecting a, a career, there's that old saying that a person who finds the right career never does a day of work in their life you know they enjoy what they do and that's I, I think I think that's really important as you're selecting a career don't just pick a pathway because you think there's going to be lots of money at the end of it or because you know someone told you that being a doctor is is an, uh, is an honorable profession work out what it is you want to do what what you like you think you 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 like doing uh, my experience is if you do what you enjoy doing you will work hard you'll become good at it you'll be rewarded because of the fact that you like what, what it is that you do and that will help you as you guide your way through your career choose the right pathways if you if you're uh, if you're enjoying what you're doing that's my advice don't just focus solely on uh, perhaps money or focus solely on what someone else might think is a, is a good job. You have to enjoy what it is that you're doing. So in that equation, where does the, the comment passion fit? Because sometimes passion, when we talk about passion, we're talking about fun, but it's about the commitment process. Where does that fit in the equation, do you think, the passion word? Well, I think uh, that's part of 
liking what you're doing. In my job, as has always been the case, there are things you do in your job which you have to do because it's part of your job. You know, do I really enjoy sitting in my lounge room at a night time reading some piece of legislation about corporate crime? No. It's, but it's my job and, and I do that. But it's the other parts of the job that make that bit acceptable. It's the bit where I, I have a passion for openness and transparency. I love a good FOI, a good freedom of information request or a good challenge. You know, Right now I'm, I'm in the Administrative Appeals Tribunal challenging the Prime Minister over some secrecy uh, in some documents. It's the Rex versus Scott battle. I'm passionate about it because it's, it, it, in my view, if I win, it will increase openness, it'll increase people's ability to engage in debate and participate in democracy. So the bit where I'm reading legislation and then it's a dry topic and it's not very exciting is supplemented by that bit where I go, I'm really passionate about that area and my job allows me to do those bits. It just it just gives the right balance to the, the, the entire workload or the tasks that you carry out. So it sounds like you drive your skills to meet your passion, let you yeah, fulfill your passion. Yeah, if, if you can... Uh, if you can find a job where all you're doing is something you're passionate about, well, um, well, firstly, give me a call because I'd like to know how you did that. But definitely passion is a, is a part of that. You won't always get to do exactly what it is that you want to do. You won't always have a job where what you're doing is fun, but you have to have some some fun and some passion in your job. Otherwise, you, you simply won't enjoy it and it will be a burden to go to work every day. I wake up every morning saying... I'm looking forward to going to work. I might also say, geez, I'm tired, but uh, but I never I never find myself in a situation where I wish I was in a different job. You've been close to the defence and, and defence projects and defence industries, and most students don't get that opportunity or to some extent don't understand the opportunities that exist there. What advice or what feedback could you give students about the opportunities that do exist in the whole defence industry because it is becoming a big part of our economy? Yeah, look, I would say to people that you know, defence is a good pathway to go down, whether that's directly in the defence forces or as a supporting part of industry, an element of, of Australian society that contributes to defence. It's secure in the context that uh, we'll always have a defence requirement. We saw through COVID, whilst tourism died up, defence activity continued. And you know, because it's necessary to have a 24-7 deterrent capability with the Australian Defence Force. But the other great thing about this is not only is it a consistent and persistent industry in which you can participate, it also has great variety. You can be a leader on a submarine, a weapons electrical engineering officer. You can be an engineer working inside defence science and technology or you could be an engineer working inside a company building something uh, new, or, or you could be managing. There's just so much that you can do uh, working in defence industries that you know, people should give it some consideration. Now, I have travelled extensively. I've, I've uh, worked in over 50 countries. 
And that's another part of what happens in in, uh, in the defence environment, whether it be on a submarine deploying to Hawaii probably 10 times in my life to do exercises or you know, Fiji or whether I was doing a uh, submarine escape training course in, in the UK or some equipment course in the US or uh, later on in my life working as a consultant in places like Malaysia, travelling to Japan to you know, sell a product. You know, so it also has that great sort of adventure feel about it because it has great opportunities to uh, get outside of the your normal sort of lifestyle living in the city that you do to basically anywhere around the world what i think i hear you saying is that if you if you can control your destiny in your career that becomes a lot of fun oh absolutely so um, yeah, that, that is uh yeah, that, that goes back to what we were saying about passion and liking what it is that you do. And that, that makes you good at something. When you're good at something, people give you choices. Broadens the, the choice you have as you advance your career. I have one last question. If you were talking to yourself, maybe when you were younger or talking to young students, what's the wisdom, words of wisdom that you'd give them about uh, choosing a career pathway? I think, as I said before, choose something that you think you will like doing. And then as you embark upon that particular pathway, make sure that every once in a while you wake up, look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I enjoying what I'm doing? And if you are, keep going. And if you're not, work out some way to, to, to change slightly, to go uh, down a pathway where passion and enjoyment uh, will be a fundamental part of that. Senator Patrick, I have to thank you very much for that. I must admit, I've seen you work with the students in the substance schools thing and you have a huge impact on them when you talk to them because that you bring reality to the process that they're designing and they're working on and i must appreciate from uh, my perspective you're a bit of a hero when it comes to talking to the kids you do an absolutely fantastic job and uh, i appreciate the fact and the opportunity to have a chat here today yeah look i, I thank you as well uh, i'll just say that children are the future of australia and that's why it's important to engage with, uh, with with people and you know that's why it's been such a great pleasure today to talk to you thanks very much rex if i can call you rex of course. Of course.